Well, uh, good morning, Maggie. This is another episode of uh, Coaching for Profit. Um, happy to be here, and I'm glad that you're here too. Yeah, thanks for having me again. <laughs> well, I think I think now we can call you a co-host instead <laughs> of just a, a, a some that I talk to during the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so during the podcast. But uh, well, what, we, what we're talking about today is the. Um, external obstacles of business life. And before we do, I want to talk about my book that's out right now. It's called uh, The E-Hero's Guide to Real Estate Investing. Um, I have a copy right here. There it is. Um, it's on Amazon. Go pick it up. It's it's really good. The E-Hero is the entrepreneur hero, uh, which the entrepreneur's journey is coming out soon. It's your guide to the entrepreneur's quest. And one of the chapters in the book is, is talks about the external obstacles that the um, entrepreneur hero, the e-hero might face in his business life. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I got distracted there for a second. Um, I'm sorry. We'll edit that part out. Yeah. Pause. Just jump right in. Yeah. Well, thanks again for um, having me. I'm excited for the, for this episode and um, for your book, you know, I'm not sure if people know exactly where they can get it other than on Amazon, they can get it on their ear readers. Um, just go to our website, www.brandonkmore.com and you can click the link and find all the different places you can read that book and get your hands on a copy. Awesome. Um, to one of the things that in the book that we talk about is is preparing, you know, when you're prepared, then the obstacle isn't as bad. You know, you wouldn't climb a mountain uh, without preparing to climb a mountain. The, you wouldn't uh, head for the South Pole and be, you know, the person that stands at the, the bottom of the world without preparing for that journey. And so... How do you prepare for these external obstacles? I mean, what what is a business owner supposed to do? Um, you know, that is a is is a good question, but it's 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 hard as a as an entrepreneur myself. And then you're you know our director of operations. You see business owners every day. How do they prepare? Do you, do you see them preparing for those things? Um, yeah, I mean. It when you look at the big spectrum of the different kinds of business owners that there are, because there's, you know, everybody runs their business differently. I think people either prepare really well for these types of things, these types of obstacles, these there's business owners that are, you know, worriers and they, you know, list out all of the things that they might need. And then they look for help on those things. But then there are some business owners that maybe just fly off the seat of their pants and, um, hope that they'll just kind of cross that bridge when they get there and deal with the things as they come. And that works for some people, at least for a little while. And Right. Yeah. And, and hope is not a strategy. Well, there's several books that, that talk about that. I remember being in a, uh, a conference with my wife and we were sat down across from a, another financial advisor who was also a CPA and we were talking about our businesses and he, and he looked at me and he said, Hope is not a strategy. <laughs> and I was just blown back. It was the first time I'd actually heard that. And um, I was like, well, you're, you're right. In that area, I was just hoping that things would get better instead of doing something about it, instead of making preparations and, and preparing for that, that part of the business. 
Um, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, you can always see that switch in people. Um, like a lot of the new clients that we get in are those people who have like determined that, oh, hope isn't, isn't the answer. I need help. Hope not. I need help, not hope. And so a lot of times we'll have business people call and say, I haven't been keeping track of any of this stuff and now I don't know what to do. And so luckily our office, the CPA firm is kind of a good stopping point to kind of figure out, okay, well, what are these barriers? How do we track these things? What are the next steps? But um, it's always interesting to see that switch from hope to panic, but hopefully from (laughs) panic to a plan. Yeah. Being a do-it-yourselfer has gotten me in trouble for a long time. You know, um, I talked about it in my book, you know, the first, the first uh, story and first chapter is is a story about me getting stuck underneath a house because I was a a do-it-yourselfer. I I was going to try to fix it on my own. There's a a gas leak and I was going to look for the gas leak. Um, I didn't have any tools. I didn't have any way to, to fix it. I didn't even know what I was looking for. Death wish is all you had apparently. I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, I did get underneath the house and then, you know, immediately get stuck and not know how to get out. Um, But, you know, by the book to see how the story comes out, obviously I'm still here. I didn't die, but uh, it was, it was a, a pretty scary event for me. But yeah, I think having help along the way is one of the biggest keys to preparing for these obstacles that come. Um, you know, we as a CPA firm, we're definitely there to help you, but there are others around, um, mentors and coaches, uh, those that, that could, you know, help guide you through the path that, that you're going through. And in any industry that you're in, there's a mentor that's been there and done that. Uh, if you're in the restaurant business, there are other restaurant owners that could help guide you. There are, if you are in a construction business, there are other uh, owners of construction companies that can help guide you. It's not just a matter of you, you go in it alone. And, um, you know, pride is one of those things that if you're too proud to ask for help, uh, you and your pride are probably going to end up underneath the house. <laughs> so, yeah. what's, what's really cool about all of those businesses, and I'm sure others that you listed, but if you're looking for it all, I've noticed that all of those businesses have a community at least. I mean, I, I, I am part of, in the small town, San Angelo, but I think it's probably true everywhere. I talked to, you know, one of our clients who's a restaurant owner and he's got a community of other restaurant owners. And it's not like they meet up once a week and have lunch or whatever, but they know each other and they all trade, they all trade those conversations and the here's how to, and and same with the construction industry, all of those guys know each other and it's like, Oh yeah, I've worked with that contractor before. He's good people. I mean, if you're looking for, if you're willing to set that pride down, the community's there, finding those mentors is there. It's, it's something to look for. Absolutely. And we just got back from a um, conference in Arizona where we went to the um, Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference of 2022 uh, put on by Dustin Heiner. Um, and he's actually going to be on the podcast next. Our, our next interview is with him. Um, I'm pretty excited about that. That'll, you know, if you if you like real estate and you're wanting to be a real estate investor and a business owner, then, you know, show up to that podcast, download it. It'll be a good one, I, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But what do you think about that community? I mean, that was a, a lot of people there. There were some were beginners and some were experienced. And what's cool about the difference of the two different, like what I was talking about here in San Angelo is that community is, I don't want to say worldwide, but nationwide. I mean, there were people there from all over and they all knew each other. It wasn't like, I mean, we were new to the community because that was the first time we had really interacted with a lot of the people that were there, but all of them were, you know, talking with each other all the time. They, 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 they go to the same um, conferences. They listen to the same podcasts. They have a community that they've built from all over the country. And so, while yeah, with real estate, it's kind of difficult to do that, I think, because the market is so different all over the place. However, they're still able to find common ground and find a way to help each other, which is great. And so even if maybe if you're a business owner and you feel isolated, like, oh, well, nobody in my town does things the way I do it, there's still a community for you somewhere. Absolutely. That's right. And, you know, that's where you're going to find your best advisors in, in, um, in my real estate book, I talk about networking with other investors. And um, if, if you don't have a CPA, if you don't have a, a real estate attorney, or you don't have a contractor, just like you said before, you know, when you find those people in the same niche you are and the same industry, you know, they trade, they, they don't keep things to themselves. I, you know, most real estate investors that I know, want to talk about it. They want to share what they know. They want to share their experiences, either good or bad, to help. They want other people to be successful in real estate just like they are. So um, again, that networking skill is very important and finding your mentor, finding coaches is very important. So some of the specific obstacles and in, in, in these obstacles are in that in the chapter in the e-hero's journey are taxes, employees, customers, cash flow, and borrowing. Now there's a lot more things that can potentially be obstacles for business owners, but those are the, the five that, that I focused on in the book and, and, and talked a little bit about. Um, first of all, taxes. I mean, um, most people know you're gonna work until sometime in, in April or May uh, just to pay your taxes, either your sales tax, your real estate taxes, your federal income tax, and your payroll taxes. And, and those can be an obstacle. Um, you know, our firm is designated and, and our firm is dedicated to um, helping people earn more and keep more of what they earn. And part of that is in our tax compliance and tax planning. Oh. This is where you jump in and add. I know. I thought you edit that sound, part out. It didn't sound like you were in, in there. Sorry. Um, yeah, I think the key there is the tax planning. Like every business owner, every person knows about tax compliance, knows, okay, I have to file my taxes and pay my taxes. And a lot of people do that on their own or maybe have a CPA that you know, they just bring their receipts to at the end of the year. And the, but that's just, um, that's just getting by in my, in my opinion. And from what I've seen, right. it's not taking advantage or um, thriving past that obstacle. It's like keeping up with that obstacle, right? So if taxes right. are the thing that, you know, are your biggest pain in the butt, <laughs> then um, just staying side by side with it would be tax compliance. Our firm, I mean, as you know, but our firm really 
is trying to focus and help business owners see the value in tax planning, looking at that obstacle before the deadline, thinking about it before our firm calls you and says, Hey, we haven't heard from you. We need your tax stuff to get that filed. Like we really want our business owners to start thinking about tax planning year round. And I know a lot of people don't want to think about uncle Sam, except for once a year. Like I, I don't want to deal with it except for when I have to, when I have to pay my EFTPS payments, I'll log in and do it, but that's not necessarily the best plan. And so I mean, you are, we're currently working on getting a subscription system out so that we can really help our business owners say, okay, this was my liability last year. This is my projected growth. These are my goals. And how are those goals going to affect my taxes? Because right. you have these big picture goals, which I'm sure all, all entrepreneurs do, right? That's why you're right. entrepreneurs because you have big dreams and big goals, unfortunately come with potential big tax. And so, um, that obstacle can be really scary, but if you have the right CPA on your team, then hopefully you've got a plan, not just that's, that's right. And, and a payment you brought up, you're right. You, you brought up the tax, the tax subscription packages. And, you know, that's one of the things that we're doing because, you know, as a CPA, as a tax advisory firm, we want to help our clients earn more and keep more of what they earn. Um, but we're limited by the engagements that our clients hire us to do. And so with a subscription model, we're going to meet with you every quarter and have strategies ready and, and look for strategies to help you reduce your tax liability and then in some of the subscription models, there's there's a financial planning and business coaching, which then goes the other direction that helps you earn more. Uh, keeping more of what you earn is the tax part, uh, but earning more is the financial planning and business coaching. We don't want to just be on the sidelines. We want to help partner with you as a client and get get you across your goals and across your whatever finish lines that you set for yourself. Uh, as a business owner um, and tax planning is not something you got to be assertive with it. Um, and after it happens, it becomes compliant before, if we do tax planning up until the year end, we can do something about your tax liability. But after it happens, all we can do is record it. I think that's tax compliance is Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just think that's such an important thing that people just don't think about. Like we get clients year after year who will come to us at the end of, at the beginning of March and say, oh my gosh, what am I going to do about my taxes? And we're like, and I'm always thinking, I'm so sorry, but we're just going to file. <laughs> There's really nothing at this point that we can yeah. do. I mean, I'm sure I mean, we obviously always have them meet with the tax advisor to look for those deductions that maybe the, the person can find, or if there are any last minute things that can happen before April 15th, like maybe making a contribution to an IRA or something like that. Right. We do that obviously, but those like big changes or big things that you could do preemptively to help your tax liability they're in between it's the beginning of March, it's too late. And but because people only think about taxes when it's time for taxes, yeah. I mean, the window is just too small there. And so I just think that's such an important thing that a lot of people, when you're thinking about this obstacle, especially business owners, 
it's something you have to start looking at that obstacle different. It's got to be, you've got to start looking at tax differently. Yes. And, and, you know, there are strategies because the tax code is, you know, miles and miles long. There are strategies that we can employ that, that, you know, as an individual, who's not a business owner. It's hard to find good tax strategy. There are a few things, but not very many. But as a business business owner, it really opens up the door in, in what we can do. So let's go on to the next obstacle is employees. And my employees are a blessing to me. They're not an obstacle. Um, however, they're, you're welcome. But there are sometimes when hiring is a, a decision and sometimes firing is a decision. Sometimes you have employees that you see potential in and they're not reaching that potential. And, you, you know, what are you going to do then? Um, you know, the old school model is, is command and control and says, I'm going to dictate to all my employees what they're supposed to do. And if they don't, you know, do it, it's ship, what shape up or ship out. And I don't operate like that. And I don't think that anybody as a business owner should, because uh, there is so much potential in each of, of your employees uh, that you can bring out of them. It's just, how do you do it? Yeah. Well, and I think this obstacle is getting more, I hate to say diverse, but diverse lately um, with, you know, younger generations coming into the workforce, employee and employees are becoming an obstacle because the employees have different expectations. Like back, you know, when my dad was hiring or when my dad was even hired by his dad and his, their family, because my parents own a family business, um, you know, workers were working at their jobs for the same company for 30 years and with the same benefits. And, you know, that's what they did is they found a job and they worked that job. And that's not necessarily the culture at this point. And, um, you know, you see all over, I don't know if you're on, I know you're not, but on like social media, um, other than your Instagram, which is Brennan Kimore. Um, but other than that, I know you're not on there, but there's a lot of talk with younger employees of why is my employer asking why they should hire me? It's why should I work for you? And it's, that's kind of the mindset. And so becoming a good place to work is an obstacle, but something that I think all business, good business owners can achieve um, right. good results on. And when you're small, it's, it's easy for you to pass on your culture and your values to the employees. Like when there's just three of us, I mean, everyone here knew my values, knew me, knew my character, but as you expand and as you grow and you don't have you know, one-on-one -on -one contact with every employee. There are some employees I hardly ever talk to uh, in our staff just because they're just not a part of my direct reports. And so um, in order, one of the obstacles is making sure that your values and your culture continues to, to be passed to the new employees as they're onboarded. And that can be an obstacle because if they don't have your values and they're not representing you well, they're not representing you as an individual because as a business owner, that business is you. Yeah. you. You and the business are the same, whether you're incorporated or not. As a small business owner, it is definitely a reflection of who you are as, as a person. Yeah. I just think that this, this category employees, 
as an obstacle is so large because there's so many different ways that employees are an obstacle from hiring to keeping employees to um, training employees to developing the growth of your employees to, I mean, there's just, I could, I think I could keep listing the different ways employees are, could potentially be an obstacle for a business owner. I mean, honestly, it probably should just be a whole, a whole podcast because it's just, there's a lot to talk about of how, how these are obstacles and where to even start to overcome that obstacle. Yeah. The, the next obstacle, and not that we're finished with that and that, that we've summed it up and we solved all your problems with <laughs> employees. It's just one of those things that you need to, you need to uh, learn how to be a leader, a good leader, and then learn how to develop your culture and your values within your staff. And that's, that's the, the biggest way to plan for uh, your employees not being an obstacle for you. Uh, moving on to your customers. Customers are, you know, a lot of people, I, I believe instead of, instead of having one employer now, I have a thousand employers. And I believe that the customer is our boss. He's our, you know, he or she is our boss. Does that mean that I mean, believe the customer is always right? No. Um, just like me as the boss, I have to treat my employees with respect and honor and value them as people. I expect our customers to respect and honor and value my staff. And, and when they don't, what do I do, Maggie? What do I, I, I very politely <laughs> ask them to leave. Right. Because once they cross that line into, you know, showing disrespect to our employees, um, they have then, in my opinion, they have shown disrespect to me personally, whether they do that to my face or not. Well, and I do think that maybe um, we have a unique situation. Um, I don't know that all businesses operate like this. Like obviously a restaurant doesn't operate like this, but we have a unique situation where um, we look for customers that have similar values that we do. So, um, so if you have a, a customer that's, you know, cussing out your employees, they obviously do not share the same values as us. And because, you know, being a CPA is a really relationship based and that's why we do it. Right. Like we, we are your most trusted advisor and we can't be your most trusted advisor. If we have misaligned values, if you don't value the same things we do, then we can't be your advisor. I mean, we, we can try, but at the same time, if you're on one side, wanting to do X, Y, Z, and we don't agree with that, then how can we be on the same page? Whereas a lot of businesses maybe don't operate like that. Like if I'm a restaurant, I don't vet every single customer that comes through my front door. However, you know, there are rules, there are rules and there are, there is the ability to, you know, no shoes, no shirt, no service kind of thing. So, um, but I don't really know where I was going with that. I just wanted to point out that being a CPA and I'm sure being like a lawyer or something like that is a little unique in the fact that our customers are also our friends and, you know, they're also people that we have, you know, really intertwined relationships with. Yeah. And and the fact that we have a lot of real estate clients just goes to show you how, how we attract clients is because we're of the same mind and same, um, activities and, and, and very similar values. And, 
even with uh, restaurants and, and product sales, um, you're selling to a culture that believes like you. Um, like there's a soap that's called Jane Dirt that is all natural, made for the people that love the outdoors and love to be in the outdoors. Uh, I think oh, it other, smells so good. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, it's uh, janedirt.com. Um, anyway, the uh, I think the 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 business is there to solve a problem. And usually you're going to solve a problem for people who think and act like you um, most of the time, because it, even if you're a restaurant in a location, you're, you're usually going to have a restaurant near where you live. Right. And so that community is going to be, have, reflect some of your values. So it is very true um, that CPA firms and professional service firms are relational. Um, but those, again, you have to you have to know that, that there are some customers that you're not going to be able to serve, and even customers that share your values. Uh, we had an instance last year where there was a client; they'd been a client for 15 years, but they had grown tremendously. Their business had grown into a place where uh, I didn't. It wasn't in the real estate; it wasn't in our real estate niche, and so and in order to continue servicing, I would have to train somebody on their particular model, their business model. And even though I love them and wanted to, to still serve them and, and be their CPA, I knew it wasn't in their best interest. And I had to call them and tell them, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, we just can't do this. We're, we're not set up. We're not, we don't have the expertise in this area uh, mm -hmm. that's going to serve you the way you need to be served. Yeah. And even though I would love to still take your money and be your client and be your CPA and you be my client, I, because I believe in you and I want the best for you, I know that, that there's another CPA that would be better and is, is more in line and an expert in the field that you, that your, your industry is in. Yeah. And it, uh, it wasn't a real estate uh, client and it, now they do have real estate and I think we still have that business, but um, for that particular entity, we just, we had to, we had to let them go and it wasn't the let them go. Like we really did not want to let them yeah. go. We love them. We love them so much. If they're listening, if they ever listen, we just want you to know, we, we still love you. Yeah. <laughs> I still you, talk but... to them once a week. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and that's that's how customers can be an obstacle. Uh, the next area is cash flow. Cash cash is king. You know, you. Uh, I was reading a book by Jim Collins. I think it was uh, Good to Great or Built to Last, and and uh, the, he was in a class, in a business class, and and the professor said, "You pay your bills with cash. You don't pay your bills with the receivables. You don't pay them with inventory. You pay them with cash." And so. Yeah, cash flow can be a huge uh, obstacle, um, especially in seasonal businesses. Yeah. Um, for instance, CPA firms are um, yeah. cash cash flush in, in uh, April and May and September, October. Uh, but during the summer and during the Christmas break, it's, it's a little cash shy. And so, um, you know, there are two ways to manage that. One, you can you can differentiate your revenue streams um, 
for example, we have accounting services and the more we push accounting services and, and get accounting business, the more regular our income is because that's a monthly income. It's monthly revenue. Um, the subscription uh, is going to be a monthly uh, revenue to where you're getting value. It's not an installment payment. We're not bundling services and dividing by 12. What we're doing is we're trying to take a, a set of, of services that have value and automate some systems and then bring the level of value up and then for a monthly subscription price. And so those types of revenue streams will um, make your income less volatile, make it more stable. The other way is by saving. Um, you know, the Bible talks about the the ants and or grasshoppers that when I forget which which animal, which insect it was that puts away and stores food for the winter. And, and that's what, you know, business owners have to know is that they've had, they have to have that savings, that, that uh, cash reserve for the low times. Yeah. I think, you know, when it boils down to it, when it comes to cash flow, it's just got to be really paying attention to what your needs are and what your, what your, um, what your spend is and then preparing for that. So, um, you know, if, if you know that you have, and we talked about this a little bit in one of our other podcasts. Um, but if you know what, what your monthly spend is, but one month you come in with a lot of extra cash coming in instead of like buying a brand new stove for your kitchen that you maybe didn't need put that away so that maybe next month when there's not as much cash you can still cover those costs and hopefully once you've been in business for a, a while then you're able to cover those monthly expenses and also and also maybe get the new stove or get the new whatever it is that you need for your that you want for your business yeah it, it you're right it is it is a the Cash flow, cash flow ups and downs during the year are really for the, the first five years of business when you're not necessarily familiar with the, the, the ebbs and flows of your cash flow. But then once you get that down, then you are more prepared. And so what I'm saying is for to those new businesses, prepare now. Don't wait for five years and, and have just know um, if you if you can manage off of 30 to 40% of your cash flow do that and and start building that cash reserve uh for taxes for months where there's um not as much income coming in um you know a lot of people have seasonal like uh retail clothing stores they have a a, a lot of sales around the beginning of school a lot of sales around christmas but then the rest of the year, it's pretty flat. So when you know that those seasons are coming, you can build up those cash reserves to make sure that you're covering your expenses. Now that that leads to the next obstacle and that's borrowing. And some, some people and some businesses, and, and I did in the early days, use a line of credit to cover some of those cash lulls that you might find in, the, in your early years. Um, and I'm I'm not a big advocate of business debt unless it's you know to purchase a business or to purchase real estate. Um, but 
if you have if you have to make payroll, you have to make payroll. And so sometimes borrowing is necessary. Yeah, and I think um, the biggest obstacle that may come with borrowing is knowing what you can handle. So, you know, just because the loan officer says that you can borrow up all the way up here, maybe only borrow exactly what you need to cover those expenses that you're needing. I know that that seems, I don't mean to sound, I don't know, like I'm, I don't know the word that I'm looking for. It kind of sounds like I'm assuming what your situation is. And I don't mean to do that. I just mean that I, I know how easy it is when you're talking to those loan officers and they're like, oh, you qualify for X, Y, Z. And yeah, I may qualify for that, but what's my limit? What do I need? What is, what's going to well, benefit my business the best? And um, knowing those limits and actually like really thinking about those is something that really might affect that obstacle and how you approach it. Well, can I pay it back? That's, that's, you know, it's, it sounds like captain obvious, you know, when you, when you borrow, the first question is, is how can I, how can I pay it back? Because loans have to be paid back. Uh, unless it's a student loan, for some reason, people think that that should be forgiven, which in my opinion is, is wrong. If you borrow the money, you have to pay it back. But if if you're borrowing for your business for your business cash flow, you need to you need to be aware of the season that's coming next because if 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 the the borrowing can cover in the meantime, that's great. But harvest is coming, right? You have to be able to harvest or have some time where there's a surplus of cash that you can not only cover your current expenses but also pay back the loan the short-term loan that you borrowed for, um, for payroll, for whatever purposes. So, and that's the key in, in borrowing is just making sure that you have the ability to pay it back and, and knowing the times and seasons in your business, because you may be in a decline to where your, your business model isn't really working. And if you borrow to cover costs because your business isn't working, maybe you should stop your business. You know, I think we talked about it in one of the other pod podcasts that the guy was uh, waking up every morning early and selling tacos. And then he did a, a cost analysis and realized that he was lo losing 25 cents every taco <laughs> because yeah. his, he didn't count his costs and, and price his, his tacos where they should be. Uh, to cover his costs, and he actually made more money by staying in bed. And, and so, if you um, if you're getting to that point where you've you've your business model isn't working, and you you haven't come to an advisor, a business coach, and gotten new ideas on how to add revenue streams, then maybe it is time to shut that business down and try something different. It's not it's it's okay to do that. Um, before you go into a huge amount of debt. Now, if you're already in debt, hopefully you're in a limited liability entity and, and uh, that won't affect your personal assets. But uh, that's a hard discussion to have. Yeah. Uh, I know. And what I want, it, you know, for every business is to succeed. And I think every business um, that serves 
that uh, solves a problem will succeed. Um, but you you have to have coaching. You you need you need mentors. You need you, you don't reinvent the wheel. Don't try to figure things out on your own. And if you have issues, talk to somebody about those issues so that we can you can find strategies to solve them. That's what strategic planning is. It's it's seeing an obstacle and and going after it with strategies and activities that meet that need and meet that issue head on instead of hoping that it gets better yeah. <laughs> going back to bringing it back hope. all the way to the beginning hope is not a strategy right yeah well that's it do you think this is going to help our business owners i hope, oh, I it hope, does. So. I hope so yeah I we used to keep that. using that word <laughs> yeah help I mean, yeah, I think that the first step, obviously, to solving obstacles is knowing what they are. And like you said, at the I don't know if you said this to me or outside of the podcast or in the podcast, but these are obviously not all of the obstacles that every business will face every day, but these are the ones that every business will face. Like every business deals with taxes. Every business has employees. Even if you don't have employees right now, like if you're an entrepreneur and you're a one-man show, that's great. But if the if the... Um, if the idea is growth, then eventually you would have employees with that growth. And everybody right. deals with customers. Everybody deals with cash flow. Everybody one day or one day will deal with borrowing. And so these are the obstacles that every single business faces. Now, is it important to sit down and think about what are the other obstacles that my business personally might face? Like if I'm a restaurant owner, maybe an obstacle is getting inventory or if I'm a, a, a shop that has clothes, where do I get my inventory? What's that cost? I mean, there's so many other things to think about, but I think this is a great starting point. Okay. Let's think about these. And then let's think about what affects me individually. And then I think you can move forward from there um, as a business owner. So. Absolutely. Well, this has been another great episode of coaching for profit where we believe that uh, your profit equals your potential minus any, any barriers, which is what we talked about today is some of the barriers that you might encounter. Uh, I hope this helps. Be sure to get my book on Amazon, the e-hero's guide to real estate investing. Uh, give us a like on this podcast. Uh, so please subscribe. Uh, we've got uh, five subscribers now. We'd love to have more. Um, we'd love, we, we do this podcast so it will help our clients and our business owners all, all across the nation. Um, Anything else I, I forgot to let them know about? Yeah, you can find us on YouTube um, at BKMPC Certified Public Accountants. You can find us on Facebook at BKMPC Certified Public Accountants. Brandon's now on Instagram at Brandon K. Moore. And we do have two websites. We have the CPA uh, website. So if you're looking for help in that area on some of these barriers we talked about, that's www.bcam-cpa.com. And then if you want to know more about Brandon's books, that's www.brandonkmore.com. Awesome. Thank you. We'll see you next time, guys. Thanks, Brian. You stop recording? Yeah, if I can.